You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Let's take you around the league with a good friend of the program, Mike Jones of USA Today, who covered the NFC Championship game. Mike, thanks for taking the time. Since you're in Philadelphia, let's start there. We know Nick Foles has played solid football in the past, but how surprised were you that he was able to dissect the best defense in all of football for Minnesota? Well, I I was definitely surprised the level that he played. You knew that, okay, he basically, the the week before, had just stayed out of the way. He did a good job of managing um, the the game and letting the, the defense carry them and just didn't make any mistakes. But the question was, if he needed to, could he put that team on his back? And he was able to do it. I thought that Doug Peterson did a phenomenal job of helping him get into a rhythm with a lot of quick tempo passes early on. They used the read pass option to kind of hold off the pass rush because those guys weren't sure what was going to do. That little bit of hesitation helped them out. And then you just saw his confidence continue to grow throughout the game. And so Foles looked like the guy who made it to the Pro Bowl in 2013, not the guy who was in St. Louis and Kansas City and then complaining retirement uh, when things didn't work out there. So hats off to him, hats off to Doug Peterson for uh, setting him up to succeed. Along with the things that Doug Peterson did, and I don't think you know, gives en- enough tension is not given to this, but he brings in Chris Long from New England. He brings in Jay Ajayi through, free- through the trade from Miami Dolphins where Adam Gaze mentioned that he don't know what to do with his football team. The kids, this kid gets an opportunity to go to a Super Bowl. All Sean Jeffries coming out of Chicago with some of the issues and Nick Foles even that you just mentioned and a few other guys. How great of a job did Doug Peterson do to be able to put these guys in position to have success on this football team where other places, either they've been pretty good because the team was great like in New England, or they were kind of shaking other places like in Chicago and also in Miami? Well, I think you got guys that had tasted success and, and knows what it takes to duplicate that. And he also got guys that were kind of hungry, had chips on their shoulder, you know. Um, and that all helped change the culture here. Um, guys have talked about what uh, LeGarrette Blunt and Chris Long have brought to that locker room because they were there with the Patriots and they, you know, know the whole motto, just do your job and the way that they go about their business. And like you said, Ajay, Jeffries, those guys, their teams, you know, basically – gave up on them, you know, and so they wanted to go out there and prove that they can get this thing done, that they were wrong about them, and so all that has really fed into these Eagles where they embrace that role of being counted out, they embrace that underdog mentality, and you saw them, you know, that's fueled them uh, to some big wins. Mike Jones of USA Today is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Let's talk about Minnesota. Mike, you probably heard that Mike Zimmer today very noncommittal about who his quarterback's going to be next year. It's not his call entirely. Management, ownership gets involved. Presumably Case Keenum keeps the job. How do you think they approach Keenum in the offseason financially? Well, I mean, I think you got to take care of him because the thing is, if you, you compare uh, Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Bradford, and Keenum, the one thing that Keenum has that the other guys don't is durability. And you know that you know you, you can't make plays for a team if you're not on the field, if you can't uh, count on them. I thought that they did a great job of bringing Keenum along uh, in that system. And, and you know, you got to pay him, but okay, how much? You know, the, the quarterback market goes up every single year. Um, you know, he's not going to get $30 million or anything like that, but I just don't know where, where he falls in line there uh, for them. But it seems like 
that's the guy that they got to keep out of the three of them just because of the fact that you know that he can withstand the pounding. He can be, you know, he can do a lot of different things. He's more athletic than you realize. He can make big throws, and probably with continuity, he's only going to get better. Mike, what about the franchise tag? Would you hand Case Keenum $25 bucks for one season next year? Um, well, you would obviously hope that you can get something worked out that you don't have to, more cap-friendly, but you have to ask yourself that question because, obviously, you want to continue to build. You don't want to hit the reset button every single year. And so, you know, if you can't get something done and it's $25 million and this guy took you to the NFC Championship game, I think it was 11-3 and as a starter, um, you know, quarterbacks, good quality quarterbacks aren't just, you know, hanging around they're not easy to find and so that's probably something that they do have to think of when you look at the the other two quarterbacks which guy would you keep around though because teddy bridgewater is one that they like a lot uh sam bradford we know when he's healthy he's probably one of the most accurate in the game he can't stay healthy so how do you massage that scenario of who becomes the guy to help out a case keenum or even compete for the job it's it's really tough um, because you got to think. All right, which one of these guys? If you if you do sign Keenum, which one of them is the more affordable guy? But which one is the guy that if Keenum goes down for some reason, that he would help you continue to grow? You know what I mean? And you could remain competitive because as you saw this year, when Bradford went down, he had Keenum to step in there. Um, that answer. I don't know. I, I I would have a real hard time giving up on Teddy Bridgewater. I know that he has had injuries, but he still seems like he has a high ceiling uh, when he's healthy. Um, I know that they probably wish that they could have seen him play some more before they could make this decision and things like that. Sam Bradford, I don't know. You kind of have seen this movie before. Yes, he had the highest completion percentage um, a couple years ago for a whole season. I think Drew Brees broke that record since. But, you know, like you said, he's one of the most accurate guys. But those injuries just continue to derail him. And so uh, both of those guys, I don't think it would break the bank, either one of them, because of their injuries and, and, and things like that. But you're not going to be able to afford to keep all three, I don't think. Chatting with Mike Jones of USA Today. Mike, too much negativity in our business, so let's celebrate the achievements of the Patriots. Going back to the Super Bowl second consecutive year, three times in the span of four years. Since you're the wordsmith, what adjectives come to mind when you think about what New England's accomplished over the last decade and a half? It's just uh, just impressive, you know. It's really hard to to get your mind around it. Just that this team, the the level of excellency and the standard that they've held for this long, um, you know, they won three out of four Super Bowls, and then they went into a little bit of a drought. But their drought was not a drought like most teams. They were still competitive, still in the thick of things, still, you know, just a game or two away there, and now they're back three of the last four. They're in the Super Bowl again. It's something that I don't know that we'll see again. Um, you know, whenever this window closes, uh, you know, there's not going to be another Tom Brady. There's not going to be another Bill Belichick. That duel that you have right there, it's just something that you really better savor and enjoy uh, while, you, while it lasts. Mike, there's, there's two scenarios in the National Football League in a sense of having quarterback question marks on it, like the Case Keenum. Some are not thinking he should get that much, and some think he should. But what about Blake Bortles? You know, how do you handle his situation? Do you go in a draft and have someone come in? Uh, do you get a, go through free agency and bring someone in? Or do you just get rid of Blake Bortles and start all over again? Well, that's the thing is, like, obviously, you know, Bortles did – he didn't totally – 
impress throughout the whole year, but then he had times like December. He was the hottest quarterback, had the best quarterback rating of anybody in the league. And then against the Steelers, he obviously had that big game to get them to the, the AFC championship game, but it's a matter of consistency. And I don't know that you want to go into next year just banking on him improving. He's got his limitations. Um, you know, uh, I wouldn't just totally scrap them, but I probably would bring in some competition. If they, if the Jaguars can get an upgrade at quarterback, and I'm not talking drafting somebody, I'm saying like maybe a Kirk Cousins or you know maybe an Alex Smith or somebody like that that you can get in here so you've got that great defense and you've got weapons on offense and you have a little more stability at that quarterback position, and that's probably what you want to go for. Um, but at the same time, you know, Bortles, I don't know. Is he going to continue to grow? Has he reached the ceiling? That's a question they have to ask themselves there. And like I said, I just don't know if we know enough to be able to make that commitment and just roll into another season with them and nobody else. Mike, since we have the Senior Bowl practices underway in Mobile, Alabama, let's wrap it up with the path to the draft. You've been on the road covering all these playoff games, I'm sure having conversations in the press box with quote-unquote football people. What are you hearing about Josh Allen of Wyoming? We're watching him right now on television. Tall, Big arm, but he is not accurate. If we're talking about his statistical profile, Mike, less than 60% completion percentage throughout his career at Wyoming, could you really see the Browns taking him with the number one overall pick? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it'd be hard, like you said, that, that completion percentage and all these stats in college, the way that the offenses are constructed now, you really got to take it with a grain of salt because everybody's throwing for 4,000 yards. But completion percentage is something that's big. Um, you're, you're right. Uh, looking at him out here as well, he's got a live arm, but the accuracy is something. And you got to take out here with a little bit of grain of salt. They're running plays they've never run, running with wide receivers they've never played with and everything like that. But, you know, I don't know if you want to, if you're the Browns, take him right there. Or if you are, you want to make sure you've got a veteran that's there ahead of him that he can learn from and you can kind of group him. Because obviously he's got the measurables and things like that, but there's just, you know, some refining that needs to be done there. Mike, as always, we appreciate the information. Thanks for joining us again on the NFL on TuneIn. All right, thanks. You guys have a good one. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on TuneIn. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on TuneIn.